she's just got to be difficult. I'm here with Kenzie Smith. This is going to be uh, kind of a change to what I do with the platform. What I normally do is I'll think of like <clears throat> one subject or something that kind of comes across my mind throughout the day. Maybe something inspires me. When I first started doing it, I talk about like the spirit. Uh, I felt like I started to sound a little bit too religious. So I didn't, or, or like people will find it, they just take it the wrong way. So I changed it just to inspiration um, since I'm talking to a whole bunch of people. But I'm going to start doing, I'm going to try to do one to two interviews a week. I know a lot of really talented people. I know a lot of people with a lot of varying life experience and a lot of good things to offer. It's not just about me. And I will eventually convert to video and be posting once or twice a week strictly on there. And that may be like me bantering with the same people. Uh, it may be, you know, whatever, but it's going to grow. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Go ahead. What do you want me to say? Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, but what do you want me to say? You see how, what I'm talking about difficulty? What do you want me to say, though? <laughs> like, where I'm from? Who are you, where you're from, um, and where do you see yourself in the next five years? Um, I'm Kenzie. I'm from a small town, Paxton. And um, in the next five years, um, probably done with grad school and being a thriving therapist. Sweet, sweet. Um, so uh, I've talked about you on here before plenty of times, but I didn't get really like in depth uh, we definitely met at at the job that we work at now. Uh, what was your craziest experience there? Being pushed against the door in the nurse's station from a psychotic patient. Okay, so why why did you choose mental health? I mean, like for me, the pavilion. I had a friend that worked there. I really didn't know what it was about. You know, I would we drove past it all the time, but I just never really knew. So how did you get there? So I think it was my junior year of high school. I took a psych 101 class and um, I don't know, it just became really interesting to me. So I knew like after that class that psychology was gonna be my major, like starting at Parkland and then going to the U of I. And I also um, grew up with a, an alcoholic stepfather, an alcoholic stepmother and um, that just, I mean, it just kind of brought me into that, just like seeing the world of like addiction and then like mental illness around it. Um, I've always wanted to work at the pavilion for some reason. So it kind of all worked out when my study abroad trip got canceled and then I just applied and I've been there since then. Okay. Uh, is mental health anything like you think it was like, or did you have like an idea of what it was going to be? Expectation versus reality. What was that like for you? I thought it was going to be... I definitely knew it was going to be difficult, but um, it's very difficult, like, being there. The diverse population that we work with is sometimes very trying, but you also pick up on the people that are just, they're never going to get better. They're just going to be assholes forever. Okay. And, like, they, they don't want to change, and that's frustrating to me, especially because I want to help people. So, wait, what did you expect it to be, though? Easier. Okay. You're able to sit down and have a conversation with someone that's going to like, it's going to click. They're going to be like, yeah, I got this. I can change, but they don't want to. And then they come back. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. What about like, what do you see in common? Like, what is a, something common that you see there? Like, obviously depression is the most, 
is most not popular. I don't mean to say it like it's like it's trending right now. Like the okay, in a way it is. People use like depression as like a way to get attention. But um, what is something that you see a lot there? The lack of accountability and lack of wanting to be better, to do better, to be something. They just like a lot of people come in and have no ambition to do anything. Some people do. Some people are like come in and they're actively depressed. But the people that just come and go and come and go like a revolving door, they don't want to get better. You can just see the lack of ambition and accountability for every their depression is because of somebody else. Right. And I don't know, just Okay. Is have you been inspired by like any of the people that you've seen there? Uh, me, myself, like I, I always on this podcast, especially, I always talked about um, seeing the old people by the fucking bus station and shit, or even just like some of the old people that are like severe alcoholics. As you're, you know, you, you, I would wake up, make that right. And then by the liquor store, they're like leaving the liquor store, leaving the gas station with uh, Milwaukee's best, which always pisses me off to, to see. But, um, like their life just went to shit. It's not even like a professional alcoholic where they get to the office and have a drink. And even though they're an alcoholic, their life isn't in shambles per se. So um, have you seen anything that made you think about your life? Absolutely. Um, Growing up with an alcoholic stepfather kind of makes me look at it in a different light. Um, Just because what if you would have chosen to get help instead of just be a dickhead like he's still like he still is actively drinking but just lies about it what if he chose to get help at the time that he like made all these plans you know um a lot of people it's almost like i could just see through it now i'm like okay you say you want to get better and you're going to go to new choice but yet you just don't get better you leave and do the same things um yeah there's a there's a couple patients that i'm like wow I'm just amazed at like the turnaround of it, like because they're so ambitious about wanting to get better and they're passionate about it and they know that they can do it. Then there's just the people that don't want to. Would you, would you, uh, me personally, and we, I know we've talked about this before with Maddie, but um, I think that everybody, there's a few different fields that everybody should work in. I think mental health is one of them, serving. And I, I know I said another one before, but I can't think of it right now. Retail. Retail. No, you said that, but then I agree with you. So yeah, retail. Um, do you think people should get experience working in mental health? Absolutely. How did it like? Did it? How did it shape you? It makes you look at the world a little bit differently. Okay. Because like I, I remember when I worked there, I I and we were going on the unit because you have the week long orientation. Then you're finally on there. I remember I just I was I had no idea what to expect. Like the doors are locked and they're locked for a reason. So I'm like. What did I get myself into? And I was excited. I was anxious. But I, I remember I just, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Like, I remember these were just people. And I was like, oh, it was like that. That Okay, well, it's like really anticlimactic. anticlimactic. And uh, I was a little bit disappointed that nobody was hanging off the, the ceiling. <laughs> and so uh, with that, what was your first expectation when you walked on the unit? Um, on adult, I was fine. Because I thrive with the adults or like the geriatric population i mean i mean like um, at first though but oh well, i thought it was gonna be crazy oh okay especially on youth i was fine on adult i had i, I was like i got this this is cool yeah. like youth i enjoy this and then my first i think i worked on adult like like 
weeks straight, months straight. And then all of a sudden they were like, okay, since you're afloat, you're going to be on youth. And I had no idea what I was doing. Thank God for Brittany. Brittany was like, okay, this is what you're going to do. And Brittany's the homie, by the way. And she like broke it down and helped me out. But I, yeah, youth is rough because mm-hmm. you repeat yourself 300 times. And I did listen the first time like that. Yeah. My mom corrected me when I didn't listen. And these kids just, I don't know, they don't have, they don't have that structure in their life. And sometimes I'm like, would you say that if your mom was in this room right now? Because I wouldn't. Yeah. And they just, they just run their, I don't know. I just, youth is hard. Yeah. And I knew it was going to be hard, but it also made me really nervous because I was like, from the people I talked to, if you don't have control over the room, you don't have control at all. And so it makes it difficult. Yeah. You have to like, gain, you have to, gain that sense of like authority per se like to be able to control what's happening on the unit okay i fucks with that that's a good explanation um it's, it's just such a well the thing that's crazy to me is that anybody can like anybody can work on mental health so that was a shocking thing to me it was good because i needed a job but it was bad because i needed you think anybody can work on mental health no, I mean that at least where we at, at the the pavilion, you can. How long do they stay? That that's not the point. The fact that you can't anybody can just go in there and work, which often negatively impacts the people there. So uh, it's almost like the nuts are running the nut house. I've said that a couple times, just as kind of like an example. Um, what about like so as far as there's there's like three main areas and generally tell me how like it altered or influenced your view on these subjects by working there. Uh, love has, has love come up? Like has it, has working there affected your love life? Not in a, not in like a direct way, but has working there made you look at life differently as far as love is concerned. And I'll give you an example. Um, a lot of people come in and they're getting divorced or a lot of people, my wife told me to come here because I'm, um, I'm an alcoholic and this or that, you know, we have people that are one of them that just stuck out when I said, when I just started talking was a, uh, a, a dude who had a PhD in nursing and he was like an anesthesiologist. He made a shit ton of money and he was just an alcoholic. I don't know if he was married. His, I don't know if his wife wanted him to come, but like, I know that a lot of people come there to, for, uh, for, for court, they're mandated to show up. And then you have people who, they're both them and their spouse are junkies and shit like that. So I just kind of wondered if like you ever think about your love life specifically because of the people who come in there. Absolutely. How? <laughs> um, some of the people that come in there have relationships that are just, in my opinion, fucked up. Um, there, I, I always hear he doesn't understand or she doesn't understand. Um, so I think that like, the fact that we met each other there, um, it like it means it, I'm crazy. No, yes, it means we're crazy. <laughs> yeah. But it allows you understand it from a different point of view versus like someone who my dad do, he doesn't get it. Like yeah. some people just don't. They're a part of the stigma. Like I'm good. I'll be anxious by myself. Whatever. But they don't ever want to address it. Right. So I don't know. I just I think that you look at it and you're like, wow, these people really do struggle and don't have anybody that understand what they're actually going through. Because some people really do like they're going through it. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have that support system where they're just like, get out of bed, you're fine. Go do something. You're fine. Like 
sometimes you just need to address the problem and you don't have the right people in your space. So um, I think it's, that's interesting that I learned. Well, that's life. That's a life aspect. So that was actually the next one. What about love? How does it influence your view of love? Just running and just interacting with the people that have been there. So it was going to be life, love, and then it was going to be something else. Um, love is hard. Okay. Yeah, love is hard. And I just, yeah, what I just said, it's hard to, I don't know, love is hard. Okay. That's all I got for that one. <laughs> all right. Uh, in Illinois, the Midwest. So what? <laughs> that I'm leaving? Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that but uh, so I remember... And I said this, I say this story all the time. I probably even said it on the podcast, but I talked about um, the fact that I went to Florida and I remember I thought everybody was going to be racist. And I'm sure there's a lot of racist people down there. I mean, it is the South, but even if it was just more covert racism, everybody seemed very, very warm and welcoming to me. That's what you thought about Paxton too. That's what I thought about Paxton. That's what I think about, you know, just anywhere where I, there's like a bad stigma I've like went there and not had any problems. Not only did I not have any problems, but just loved being there and f- did not feel like, all right, all right, you got what you needed. Okay, you're gonna leave now. It was it wasn't anything like that. Um, well, after working at the pavilion, what does it make you think about the people in this area? Because people in the south are more chill. Uh, I know you got the Florida man, and uh, there's people, wild people everywhere, but there's just a there's a southern hospitality. I think. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, th- I think that we live in a community that is very entitled and um, I don't even know what the right word is. Just like, in, I don't know. People, there's some shitty people around here. Yeah. And I feel like they all come to the pavilion and I'd say like what 90% of them don't get better or they come back within like a month or two. Um, what's the question? What was what, what my thought? About so after that? running into the people at the pavilion, like do you see a trend? And I was, I was giving the comparison of Florida because like. <laughs> it reminds me of the lady on the bridge. Lady on the bridge? The, the homeless lady that was at the pavilion at one point with the pink pants that say thug life down the leg. <laughs> She's holding a sign. That it's only homeless people. No, with the, it just, life. that people just don't have their shit together. Oh, and Illinois. I don't have their shit together, so I'm going to the pavilion. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of people who come in there, and they're especially during the winter that just have nowhere to be, and they need somewhere warm to stay. So it's genius at the same time. It's annoying because they really don't need any help. They really don't care about getting help, and they're often demanding, and they're assholes. They do. They come in, and they know exactly what to say. The only exactly. thing you have to say to get admitted to that place is, I am suicidal. Hey, they're like, fuck yeah, we need to get referrals in here anyway. Yeah. We got to keep the beds full. I get it. Um, okay. So after, would you say it's overall negative or positive, your experience there? Um, believe it or not, I do love my job. Um, I know that the company that we work for is not the best we are not treated the best the patients are not treated the best um but i think that it has helped me to grow yeah same um, here personally and professionally so i would say positive and when i was sick a couple weeks ago like my first day back like i don't even know what was happening but like i just like felt at peace like i was there and i was like i'm i got this like i'm good now 
I don't know. It just is, it's so chaotic sometimes that I just enjoy it, but it's also calm at the same time because you're able to like build those connections Mm -hmm. with some of the patients and they check on you. Like they know when you are not, when you're not, it's not your day. Yeah. You're not being yourself. Um, I enjoy that because like we help each other. There are some good people that you run into, but there are just some assholes and they make your shift a living hell. Okay. Um, I was talking with a risk manager the other day and uh, I, I forget how we got on the topic. I think because every time I see him, I just shoot questions at him. Is that his job is so stressful. I can't help but to add more stress to him. And I do it knowingly. He's a great guy. I love him. But uh, I just, there's something about him that I just have to be like, almost like kind of like a comedic relief. Like the guy that you've seen, you know, I'm not, I know what I'm doing. I'm not causing any problems. I'm going to say something stupid to get you to realize that everything's temporary. None of this shit really matters at the end of the day, make your money, go home and just enjoy your life. But um, with all the bad experiences, like why, or, or not even that, with a lack of money in mental health, because there is money. It's mostly in like administration. And uh, yeah, I would say mostly in administration. But why, why, what is the, the drive to get you to go further? Like get your graduate degree and, and have your career be mental health? Because I, I don't, I may change it or I may like my PhD or going to law school or even going back to get this or that so I can go into medical school, just something else. Um, you know how I told you I can always talk to a wall? Yeah. I love talking. Like I love listening to people's stories and I feel like you learn. I learned so much about myself by just listening mm-hmm. and asking questions. Um, so yeah, I want to go further because one, that's the only way I'm going to make money. And two, that's the only way that I'm going to be able to sit down and have a conversation with someone legally with a license and to be able to get something out of that. Um, and I think that as I go further, just like the continuing my education, I'm still learning like about myself um, and ways that I can change my life. So the more, I don't know, I just feel like the more people that we have in this field, like on a professional level, we're continuing to help the the mentally ill, I guess we could call them, um, that population, but they're also helping us in, in the same way. So just because we have that license or we have that degree doesn't mean that we're struggling. doesn't mean that we're not struggling. We can be struggling with the same thing that we're sitting in the same room with a patient. So I don't know. I just think that it's a, it's a learning experience all the way around. And so I enjoy that and it keeps me on my toes and it's always something new. Two like, more because things. no story is like the same. Oh, I don't okay. know. Just it's interesting. Unless they're homeless, then it's homeless. even then their story is no, not yeah. always the same. No, you're right. You're right. Um, I'm gonna ask you one more question, and then you can ask me one question. Anything it could be related to the topic of mental health, our 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 uh, jobs. It could be some silly. It could be literally anything. But I'm gonna every guest on the show is going to uh, be able to do that at the end. It could be embarrassing. It could just be anything just to continue to keep the conversation open. Uh, but the first thing is with everything we talked about, everything you see in life and everything that uh, you learned working at the pavilion, what is something you think society needs to change so that society itself can be less mentally ill? Because uh, I would, I love to give this example in group where I talk about, um, I love, and I love Drake, you know that, but uh, no new friends. So we, um, our culture constantly pushes narcissism, grandiosity, 
uh, lack of connection, which, and then I'm worse because I make music too and I talk about the same shit sometimes, but uh, most of it is off experience, but you know, even our standard of beauty is flawed and, and we all have been shaped by society in multiple ways. So what do you think society can improve on or people can improve on to have a better quality of life? So I do this group um, and it's called My Perfect Healing Hospital. And basically it just like gives them an opportunity to like think about what they need in their life to continue thriving or to get better or to whatever it is. And in this hospital, um, basically what you're supposed to think about is in the hospital, there's multiple rooms. What are in each of those rooms to like allow you to thrive? And a lot of people put like, a dog therapy room or a swimming pool or just like things like that. And also being at the university of Illinois, their, um, their resources are trash. Um, they're trash. It takes months to get in to see, um, a therapist at the McKinley health center, the counseling center. You have to call at seven o'clock in the morning to get an appointment. It just, it's horrible. So I think all around everywhere on this planet, the resources suck. Um, we fund so many things that we fund all these fast food restaurants for people to eat all the time and get fat, but yet we can't fund something so that people are mentally stable and not losing their goddamn minds and killing themselves. So I think that the resources and the knowledge around it is super important. And I think that we lack it a lot in our society. So we have the pavilion, but there are not a lot of things going on in the place that we work um, that, that are helping people. They're so, they just like lack so many areas. So these people come in and they have these rooms, these bare walls, one TV that's covered by this sound box, which I understand some of these people are like actively trying to kill themselves. But why, how are we helping them by these bare ass walls? No resources. Yeah, they have case managers, but there's like three of them and you have 30 patients. How are you, how are we actively helping these people? I just, I feel like there's a lack of resources all over. Well, it's mostly about like, uh, and, and this is a business and I've learned this in like a, a difficult way, especially being somebody who cares and wants to help. Like I know you do. And, but they, it's about making money. And at the end of the day, that's the primary agenda. And that's just pretty much what it is. Everything that we do really pleases the insurance company to let them know that they're acute enough to be here. And um, we, we just keep them safe. Now there, I think there is a primary fundamental function of the hospital which is to keep them secluded from things that they can hurt themselves with while they figure out their outpatient shit and i think that does help you know uh i could say a lot of bad stuff but i can't neglect what good the place could do um i think it does help a lot of people i really do it just is we we have these meetings of what could we do more and every all these staff have these wonderful ideas and yet i know it takes a while to implement it but I've been there a long time and oh you got us books last week yeah that's cool they're already torn yeah like, I mean it just what are we doing no I feel you but at the same time think about this too the idea is not to heal them I mean even if you think about it unethically or the business is to keep them safe right so they they we come in give them some some resources and shit like that and whether they're healthy or not is not the problem because if they're not healthy they'll just come back or kill themselves but most people kill themselves do it by accident and don't people don't really want to die. We know that by being professionals that uh, they want to get out of the situation. So they don't. So them healing doesn't matter. And then it's even better 
overall for business because people eat due to stress too. People eat because they're bored. People stress eat comfort foods and stuff like that. So of course we're gonna fund stuff that's gonna get us more money. Fuck it, get fat and die or whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm not. I'm not saying that's how I feel, but at the same time, we're talking about business and money. Uh, what what Lil Wayne said it best. New Orleans, my birthplace, you heard me, where money's more important than a person. So that's true. What's um what what what, is, what would your question be for me? It could be anything. It'd be what's your favorite food? It could be anything. I already know what your favorite food is. You want to go skydiving with me? Fuck you. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Um, and we'll be back with the next one. <laughs>